I'm Raina. And I'm Megan. Welcome to the Shh Don't Talk About It podcast, where we talk about all the things we need to say out loud, but think that we can't. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to shed light on them. We're going to embrace them and we're going to fucking love them. So join us on this journey as we get rid of shame and start talking about it. Don't talk about it podcast. Hi, Raina. Hello, Megan. This is our last episode of the season. Oh, man. That's pretty cool. It's crazy. It's funny because I was just look. I was just looking. This season five started in March, but we actually started, but it, no, I know that face. Oh, it feels longer because <laughs> we started recording in January. Oh. Because for once in our lives, we were actually ahead of the curve a little bit. We are until now because until we're now. recording two day, three days before our last episode's coming out. That's so. true. It's very that's current. True. <laughs> but that's why it feels so long. But yeah. it's really just for people listening, it's really just been since March. Yeah, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. It feels good to be here. I'll tell you that much. It's been a long, I feel like it's been a long journey these last five months. I do too. I feel like a completely different person than I was in January. At least I feel like I'm emotionally in a completely different place. I don't know if that's good or bad or neutral. I guess we'll get into that yeah. in a little bit. But yes. yeah. But I have to say, I just want to reflect back at this season, season five. Uh, I want to reflect back at, at where we were when we began, like even before we began, yeah. it was just like a thought of, huh, should we do a theme for this season? Yeah. And then we got on the network, which felt really exciting mm-hmm. and they suggested a theme. And then it was one, I feel like all of our stories of like, and then we thought of this thing is, and then we were at a bar and we thought of this thing, but we were at, we were getting a drink and it was actually Sergio, your partner that suggested leap of faith. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because yes, the network was like, maybe you guys should have a theme. I'm like, we've never done that before. And then yeah, Sergio was like leap of faith. And I'm like, that makes sense. There's so many like stories and journeys that start in a pretty dark space until somebody takes that leap of faith and yeah. it turns beautiful after that, usually beautiful after that. <laughs> yeah. Once you figure out that you got to build around it and make something of it. Yeah. So tonight I think this episode's going to be kind of a like a grab bag of an episode. We're going to spend some time reflecting back on the nine episodes prior to this, what we, what we're taking from this season, what we're taking from the theme around like making leaps of faith. We're going to talk a little bit about how would you explain what we even thought of like today's topic as like, it's okay to be okay. Yeah. is like what we wanted initially to do a whole episode on, but well, yeah. that was when we were like listing out all the episodes on the things that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. And this was a few months ago, y'all. A few months ago. So as five it months does. ago to be exact. Yeah. And the idea was to talk about not dimming your light. Yeah. Like it's okay to be okay. Like you don't have to apologize for being okay. Yeah. But life fucking happens and I don't know if we're <laughs> okay. I don't know if we are either. We're a little <laughs> 
I don't know. We're, I can speak for myself. I'm struggling with some ups and downs. We'll get into that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you might be Same. also struggling with some ups and downs. Yeah, I blame the eclipses, but it's a million yeah. percent. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on, what'll be going on while we're on break, where you can still find us and listen to us if you want to, and mm-hmm. do a little like, play around with a little sample of what some of our bonus content while we're on break will look like. And we'll explain more of yes. what that will be yes. later on. Yes, absolutely. So strap in. I mean, that's what we've got planned. Yeah. And we'll see what unfolds over the next 45 to 60 minutes. I mean, <laughs> you all know what you get with us. It's really <laughs> off the cuff. This is really authentic. We're... It's fucking Saturday night in LA, and we've cracked a claw, y'all. It's We're bringing it back. PM, and I've already had what equates to two white claws so. and a diet coke. <laughs> and we recorded another episode already earlier. We today. did for next season. We are on it. We are on it. But anyway, it's just really nice to be like the old days, one on one. I think we love to close out seasons with us just talking and Ending. reflecting. Yeah, on. On just where we were and where we're going and where we are now. I think it's good to do that. I yeah. honestly am guilty of not doing that enough in my personal life of mm-hmm. sitting and reflecting on... A million percent. <laughs> A million percent. <laughs> but, all right, let's go through the episodes, well, shall we? I'm thinking. We did... We had the fun format this season where we did a couple of us and then a couple with guests and... The, our first episode was really just laying out the season, looking back at the last four, yeah, kind of playing with the idea of leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And then our second episode, we got into our mental health, oh. which actually, when I think back to when we recorded that, I felt pretty good. I know I was like cracking jokes about, oh, I'm like wearing swim. I'm wearing bikini bottoms as underwear because I haven't done laundry because I hadn't. Yeah. Like, my executive functioning skills will always be low. But I was actually, like, in a good, like, I I was in a better place when we recorded that one than where I am right now, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was, when was that? Fucking, I don't even know. February? Yeah, when we recorded it. And then it came out in March. And actually, I'm really proud of that episode. I want to see if I can find this text message really quick that a listener sent me a listener who's also my friend but they texted and said I know this is out of the blue but I'm 20 minutes into your podcast while I get ready for I'm going to say a work-related thing mm-hmm. I think if I say what it is specifically it's a little too identifying yeah. so much connection would love to chat sometime I'm sending love through teary eyes and then I was like, hi, this made my day. I don't, I have no idea what we talked about or what episode you're talking about. And they wrote back, oh, living with it. It's so good. Aww. And that really meant the world to me mm-hmm. to just know that at least one person listening to you and I breaking apart and exploring and updating where we're at with our mental health, that made a connection for somebody and yeah. that they took something from it while they were getting ready for a big stressful work thing. I was like, yes. Love that. Yes, yes. I love that. I love the feedback. And because, again, we're behind these microphones. We're talking to each other. We know it's getting aired. And a lot of people may be listening. But we don't, I don't know how it lands. 
you know? It's hard for me to even think. Sometimes I have to black out when we're doing that. <laughs> Not really, but block that out. That it's anything more than a conversation between us. Mm-hmm. I can get really in my head. Yeah. Because it's so vulnerable. It is vulnerable. And like I said earlier, like I hope you can hear the authenticity behind us or with us because that's pretty much that's it we're very transparent very vulnerable I remember that episode and I remember being on the verge of tears or maybe I even did cry you were um, because I am still very much need my story to be heard and be validated and that is something I'm still working on yeah that was a yeah we're still fucking living with it yeah Always will be. Always will be. Which is okay. It is. <laughs> it's a I, it is. It really, it's it's got to be, it, you know? There's no other option. It has to be okay. And it is. Yeah. And I think it's okay. It's, it is okay to actually be good. And it is also okay to struggle. Yeah. And those ups and downs are just part of it. Yeah. And I think having, just knowing that both can exist at the same time allows a sense of peace. At least yeah. for me, like there's a sense of calm when I know I don't have to choose one or the other. Or I don't have to be like mm-hmm. super happy and I don't have to be super sad. If, I, if both of them can like coexist, then I am all that I am. Yeah. In that moment. A hundred percent. And when you have enough experience with it to know, uh, things are like a little squiggly inside. Things are a little weird inside. But I know how this goes, and I know what to do, and I know that it will shift again, and then it'll come back. Like, just to, I guess, know how to, like, dance with it a little bit. Yeah. That helps comfort me. It makes me feel more on, not on top of things, but more, yeah, yeah, this is weird, but I'll manage it, and it'll be okay again in a little while. Yeah, it's not forever. It's temporary. Been through this before. We've got through it many, many times. Like yeah. we will find our way back home to ourselves once again. Yeah, and I don't even feel like that frustrated when I go into a dip anymore because I'm like, yeah, that's okay. This is like, why would I think that I was gonna stay feeling like copacetic anyway? Like I know that's not how life works, and mm-hmm. I used to get really like frustrated and upset, and then now I'm like, no, this is the ebb and flow of life. It's literally just what it means to be a human. And that's truly okay. Yeah. It is okay, y'all. So that was that a pretty was... <laughs> intense episode. Yeah. And um, we're like feeling the reverberations of it. Yes. And then we jumped into our guests and we had, <laughs> we followed up and we saw the intensity and we met it with more intensity with Nancy. Oh, yes. Who oh. is just an incredible woman who came on to talk about surviving her suicide attempts. She's actually fallen ill since she was on the podcast. I don't know if you saw that on oh, Instagram. It's been public it? about it. Oh, I remember she um, was going through something when we were interviewing her. Yeah, she got really sick. She survived because mm-hmm. she is a survivor. And I actually had asked her on Instagram, do you have a GoFundMe or anything? Because I would love to send listeners to support her. Like it was, yeah. it was total. it was a physical health thing that came oh. up for her. She's still around. Cause I swear to God, this is like the most resilient woman that ever yes. has lived. But yeah, even since that, I feel like it's all the more special that yeah. we got to have 
that moment in time with her. Yeah, yeah. On that episode. Yes, and she's just an amazing bright light. (laughs) So much full of energy and life. Yeah. And she has a story that a lot of people can relate to with having kids and not being able to support them and feeling like you're feeling that really deeply that you're worthless because you can't support your family and really going through it. And then, yeah, she did try multiple times actually to end her life. And, but the universe kept her here and not only kept her here, but she has thrived ever since Yeah, with helping others and getting into the community, helping young black boys find their voice and She's just a very special woman, and she's here so. for a big reason. I'm lucky. I feel fortunate that we were able to have her on our show. Me too. Honestly, there's. I will say I love all of our guests, and there's a few whose spirits have really touched me. Mm-hmm. Shafina in season oh, two mm-hmm. who came on to talk about losing her child like something in that interview will probably reissue it at some point, like something in that, like really like that moved something in me and she has such a light. And I feel like Nancy was the same way, Mm -hmm. the same way. It really moved something in me. And I actually think about her on almost a weekly basis when I'm working with people at work who are feeling, who are questioning whether or not they want to keep being alive Mm -hmm. on this planet, right? Like part of it's, tough as a survivor of suicide loss that Mm -hmm. I have clients that feel that way. And I also feel like someone like me is like a great person to be working with that, Mm -hmm. but it is really hard and it takes a toll. And I have found myself since we spoke to Nancy, like really anchoring myself in some of what she shared and finding like energy and resilience in that for my work with people that are just asking that question. Yeah. It makes perfect sense because she is proof yeah that life exists after that absolutely like a great life yeah exists after that you know so yeah she's a special one she's a special one yeah yeah (laughs) and we're sending all of our love and energy her way and i and just hope for her like healing and recovery from the health issues that are going on for her yeah yeah definitely Mm, i know it's a little sad i think she i think i actually saw a post that she was performing in South Pacific's membership. Oh, so she, she had, a, I think she had a healthcare scare and then wound up still being able to perform. So I oh, think good. all is well. I'm not delivering like darkness. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. But we're still sending all, we're still all the love to you. Energy, um, yes. And if you want to follow her journey, you can find her on Instagram at the opera diva speaks 1966. Yep. And Nancy, if you or any of your loved ones are hearing this and there's any way that we can support you, please let us know. We would love to send support, activate our listeners to support you. We're just, we just are really lucky that we got to cross paths with this person. Yes. Um, And then right after that, we had uh, another interview that was one of those ones where it's, wow, this feels really special with Oliver James. Oh, yeah. The man who is teaching himself to read. Yeah. Which we thought was going to be like a quick little 
interview about literacy. Yeah. And turned into something so much deeper. So much deeper. This guy is just like a motivational speaker like no other. (laughs) And his story, it's because of his story. That is why he's such a great motivational speaker, as most motivational speakers do have a story that brings them to why they want to share and why they want to help others, is his story about around illiteracy is like, it's pretty crazy and it's pretty fucked up. Started in school, did not get the support that he deserved, that he needed, and suffered some abuse during school by a teacher. It's just a horrible way for a a child to like have to go to school and endure this. And it fucks with like his whole life, his whole, his mental health. And that was like the biggest thing in this episode was all about his mental. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really important. My sister is a teacher. Well, she's not teaching in a classroom right now because she's got a different job while she's like taking care of her baby. But my sister is a teacher, was a teacher for many years. And after she texted me in that, after listening to that episode and was like, every educator needs to hear this. This is really important for anybody that works with children to listen to and understand. And I was like, you're so right. Repost it. (laughs) (laughs) But she did. And she had a really good, response because Mm. it is it just really goes to show how like something that a lot of us take for granted Mm. that you're going to learn doesn't happen for everybody doesn't happen for millions of people yeah I don't even think it's a thought when you're a child in your head like you don't realize what you were what was stolen from you until you're later on in life in elementary school like I didn't know what to expect or what the teachings were or how I needed to be taught, but, and I know that his way of learning was different and he needed a different style of learning that nobody addressed. So you can't just hand you a fucking workbook to work out of. No kid can really learn from I know That's such a way of teaching. Yeah. But yeah, totally. But you don't even know. You just do. You're just like, you're You're just just show up. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but you do, I think as children, we do expect goodness. From people. Yeah, because we're so inherently sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Can you imagine? He was <laughs> such a sweet person at uh, like age 34, 35, mm-hmm. I think is around his age. Yeah. And I can just imagine like a young Oliver, like five, six, seven, like that. I know that was the kid was a sweetie pie. Yeah. I know that kid deserved love and connection and support and didn't get that. Yeah. And it led to all these consequences that you can here in the show yeah but that spirit still remained thinking back to the theme of leap of faith Mm -hmm. that spirit still remained yeah he's very charismatic very just like easy to talk to he's just fun and charming and all of those things and like it's good to see him now i mean i obviously we just met him but it's just i can see where he's finding his light again. Yeah. Oh my God. And he got, he's gone to meet LeVar Burton. <laughs> I was showing Santi <laughs> his uh, Instagram and he was like, what? He met LeVar. I was like, yeah, listen, man, this guy's, this guy's here to do big things and he was doing them. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It was just, he was really nice to have on the show and I, I could have talked so. to him forever. And I'm like, wait, I think I want to work out after I talk to you. I know, he's he's also <laughs> and I think that was also just such a reminder to me too, that skill doesn't equal intelligence or wisdom so for example like something like 
being able to read or being able to do math, like that's a skill. It's a teachable skill. And some of us don't get that taught, but it doesn't mean anything about your intelligence or your wisdom as a person. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, totally. Or like who you are just in your light and your essence, his essence, I think. And I think it just shows from for itself because he's like a fucking TikTok star. Like the people love him. Yeah. Oh. And it and I just love that he's taking like advantage of that. It's okay to shine your fucking light. Shine your exactly. fucking light. It's brave to put yourself it's brave to put yourself out there like that. Yeah. Like we still haven't. I know. Done that. I'm like, I don't want I don't know if I wanna be <laughs> Yeah. My face popping up on an FYP. <laughs> and then we oh <laughs> Oh, I just wanted to say, so if you want to follow Oliver or see who we're talking about, obviously go back to episode three. I can't read with Oliver James. Yes. And then his socials are... Oliver Speaks One. Yeah. The number one. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, this episode, we don't have to talk about it that long, but it is one of my favorite ones that we've recorded. Actually, the one where we talked about our greatest fears and phobias. Oh my God. Yeah. That was just fun. I don't yeah. know. I think if you didn't listen to it for some reason, you should go back. Yeah. That was a good one. It, yeah. It felt very natural to talk about our fears. <laughs> we have a lot of them. Yeah. You know what? Okay. I'm glad that we're like going back. Because Wait, did something happen? Nothing happened, but I didn't talk about the number one fear. Which is? Like being deathly afraid of my own body killing okay. me own body killing you yeah like a brain aneurysm or a yeah. blood clot yeah or stroke or a heart attack or oh like I don't have that fear anymore but that was a oh. huge fear of mine and that's one of the biggest reasons that I stopped smoking weed <laughs> so that you would stop thinking about it <laughs> because every time I smoked weed I thought I was having a stroke and I was like oh my oh. god and so I was always scared of my own body. And it's like the worst thing for a nurse, right? Everything I hear. Of everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have. No, I'm going to have a dissecting aortic aneurysm. I think about that now because of you. I'm pretty sure. No, actually, like if I die of biological causes, it's for sure going to be cancer, probably lung cancer. Oh my God, stop. Well, it is. I, it is. Okay. It's but. fine, but it's not fine, but it is what it is. But it also might be... Ding aortic aneurysm. Well, or dissecting aorta. aorta, which is sounds horrific. But at least it's fast. No, it's not that fast. Oh, I thought it was like it one of those things painful. where you're like, oops, you're, oh. Yeah. So some people survive. Oh. I remember that your story about that lady that survived. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But just It's like I'm a hypochondriac. Not anymore. I've been really working on it. Medication definitely has helped me. But very much so a hypochondriac about something happening in my body that I was so scared of like brain tumor always always like always yeah I can't believe I didn't even talk about that that's how much work I've done that's amazing (laughs) I totally forgot about that fear but if you would have met me a few years ago you know you know (laughs) well since that episode I've developed a new fear oh of flying oh fuck because of the thing I talked about this I'm not going to retell the story I talked about it on, um, actually, I think maybe the episode that was right after it, Choosing You. Yeah. Where I was in, like, I was on a plane that had a, mechan- a scary thing happen on the plane. Just the engine blew up. Yeah. No, the, no. <laughs> One of the engines blew up. Yeah. Emergency landing. It was fine. But since that time, I've had to fly alone. In a couple of days, I have to fly alone again. 
and I, it was borderline. I wanted to ask the flight attendant if I could get off the plane. Mm. So that's not so fun. I'm really, I'm trying to work through it. I know there's ways to work through it. I know that expose like exposure is one of the best ways to get over a phobia as we talked about. And so I'm going to just have to work on it. But yeah, I didn't think that it was going to be so difficult, but it, I was really scared and I had four flights cause I was flying someplace where I had to do a transfer on the way there and on the way back. So four takeoffs and landings and I four chances for something of, bad exactly, to happen. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I see it. And I was talking to Santi about it and he was like, no, like now you've experienced like the one in a million thing. So it's fine. And I was like, that's another way I'm to look at it. Sorry, may I remind you of the classic 1990s film, Final Destination? Because <laughs> the way my brain works, it, I cheated death and now it's coming for me. <laughs> It'll find you. <laughs> yes, but so I know. Damn it. Why do they scare us like that? Fucking I don't Final know. Destination. I never should have watched those movies. But Gosh. I think that Santi's more balanced perspective is probably the true one. Yeah. But yeah, like since we record. Because you used to have a flying phobia. Oh, so bad. And you talked about it on that episode. And so I was bad. like, man, that sounds so stressful. I love travel. Like, how that would be so shitty if, like, the, mm-hmm. to do the thing you love, you have to face your biggest fear all the time. And now mm-hmm. I'm literally like, oh, I wish I had a Xanax. Yeah. yeah. You'll just keep doing I'm it. I'm just going to have to keep doing right? it. Like, I'm going, I have to go, not have to, but I'm going to my hometown for my niece's birthday this week. I have to go there and back. It's going to be four flights. I got to go to Why Port- the four flights? Because there's no direct flights to Tucson. Oh, my God. So you got to go to Las Vegas or Phoenix. I um, don't, like, I still am not definitely scared of flying, but I still, I'm a little I frightful. I need a direct flight. Four different flights sounds horrific. I could, I might be able to get a direct flight if I was willing to fly out of LAX, but driving to and from LAX is probably... <laughs> More dangerous. <laughs> anyway. And then yeah. I have to go, then going to Portland. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to Detroit. So I got, I've got, I've got a lot of flights. Eight takeoffs and landings in the next month that I'm going to have to get through. And mm-hmm. so we'll see if I come out of it with my sanity intact. I was well, really taking advantage of my like very strong disassociation skills. <laughs> Do it. Try to disassociate. Take oh, some medication. I, I, I'm no. like, yeah. That's how I got through it. I had to yeah. take meds and whatever you got to do, drink. Yeah. But do it. Just keep doing it. And again, we'll revisit well, how this. How did you get over it? I didn't even plan on asking you this, but I know you used to always, you would be like so scared. And then mm-hmm. one day you were like, I'm okay now. I think what happened was like a very sad thing happened. Traumatic event happened with Joe dying. Oh, and, and then you were like, not afraid dying. of death anymore? And then death didn't seem as scary to me because I'm like, oh. they did it. They died. Oh. And oh. if they can do it, I can do it. Oh. So I'm like, there's like this weird, yeah, that it's okay. It's not as scary to me. Yeah. What happens after or during because I, and I also feel like I have them as my protectors. Yeah. I do feel a sense of protection ever since I lost both of them, yeah. I do feel like they're around. And so I just trust in that. And there, I just feel like a sense of calm. I don't know how to... It was literally after their deaths that I felt a little bit more comfortable with flying or like losing, not having control. Because that's what it comes down that to, is, right? Absolutely, it, yeah. When you can't control like 
horrific things happening, (laughs) but then you survive them and then you're just like, okay. And also like, I, I also feel like I've done a lot of work where I am trying to get back to myself and living a life of purpose and doing a lot of great work with others, myself, whatever, that if it happened, if I died, then I die, you know, I don't know. I love that. And I think that's really beautiful. I like what you said. They did it. So I could do it. <laughs> that's um, a real fucked up no, thing to say. No, I actually But it love doesn't that. make me feel as scared as yeah. like somebody already went through it. Somebody right. that I love so much already went through it. So I, they can do it. Then I can do it. And that is with anything in life, right? Like yes. we always get inspiration from others. Totally. I love that. And then there's death. It's caused me to unpack, like, what am I, like the title of our episode, what are you so afraid of? And I am afraid of physical pain. Every human is. Plane crash probably doesn't last that long. Mm -hmm. You're probably out pretty fast, I assume. Unless you survive. You almost don't want to survive that. (laughs) Yeah. Like that Grey's Anatomy episode where they survive the plane crash. Oh my gosh, that's so ridiculous. That's horrible. But I have the, and I don't have, I really don't have like big life regrets. Like sometimes like, yeah, I regret that outfit. I regret that haircut I had when I was 22. These are not like real regrets, but I do have this feeling of I haven't had enough time with Santi. Mm -hmm. I had enough time with my niece. Mm -hmm. I would, if I died right now, Mm -hmm. like aortic split apart. What's it called? Dissection. (laughs) Aortic split apart. (laughs) If that were to happen, I just knocked wood, so it's not going to, I would be so sad to like miss out on the time with, on just the time. But I guess it would be okay because then I guess you're just dead and who cares? You don't care. Yeah, but this is your existence. But these are like my human thoughts now that make me feel like, ah, like that feels scary. Which makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because... That was my greatest fears too. And I think we talked about it with the Oliver episode is like, he talked about, about exercising death, like making sure that you're living your fullest self, your fullest authentic self, your purpose. So when you, that time comes, you're not scared yeah, because you lived your fullest life. You had your full time, you know? And I think that's what's helped me too is I would be like, I feel like I've, have been living my purpose and especially since starting this podcast and reaching more and more people and talking about some of the things that I've held inside. Like I, this is what I was scared of dying about years ago because I have so much inside of me that I still wanted to share Mm. that I knew I needed to say. Yeah. And I was scared that I didn't, wouldn't get the time. Yeah. So maybe that's also what helped me to, yeah. (sighs) I guess I feel greedy for time with the people I love and I need to accept that no amount of time is enough. I feel that, and I actually think that's amplified like since Joe died, I always wished for like more time for us to figure out the complicated nuances of what could have been actually, I think a really healthy friendship. I think we were probably meant to be friends more than anything else but I I'm just greedy for time or I look at my parents are getting older my dad's in his 70s now he's got he's fine but he's got some health stuff going on and I'm just like it's not enough time I have less time with you than I've ever had Mm -hmm. get my grandpa who's 90 and my grandma who's in her 80s and I'm like it's not enough time or I look at Santi who I didn't meet until four years ago or 
my niece who was who's about to turn one and I'm like oh again it's not enough time but I need to realize even if I had 200 more years yeah with the people I love it would still not be enough time and just accept that as part of the human condition yeah but it feels unacceptable to me yeah we are like programmed to look yeah. towards the future right yeah and make all these scenarios yeah. up in our head and all this time in quotation marks yeah. that we have but then we are here and what have we done with this time that we've had? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of thing. And that's where it's at. But we, this, none of that exists. Like it doesn't exist. <laughs> and also this time doesn't exist. Yes. And you can still, cause I feel good about my contributions to humanity. I actually feel like I've contributed enough and humanity can stop taking things from me at this <laughs> point. Like that all feels fine. Yeah. But it is this idea of, I just. I'm greedy for time with the people I love. But what I need to remember is like, hey, there's no way to solve. You can't solve that. There's no solving for that. So yeah. just accept that it will never be enough time. And also when, and I do believe this, like when we don't exist on earth anymore, our energy still exists and is connected in with all that love. And you still get to, you still have, you have all the time in the universe then. Yeah. Which is a comforting idea to a part of me. But then my little like human self is like, no, you <laughs> yeah. can't touch them yeah. or feel them or smell them. And that's not, so anyway, that's just, I think that's like all of that is like underneath my newfound phobia. Of well, I mean, it makes sense. You have new people and new loves in your life that you want all the time with. And yeah. Yeah. I at least need to live long enough to hear my niece say my name. Well, yeah, and you will. You will. <laughs> I, hope so. I hope so. If these flights go well. Oh my gosh, we are going to have season six. We're going to be talking about this. Okay, we okay. need to get off of this. But anyway, so yeah, ever since we recorded What Are You So Afraid Of? <laughs> Megan developed a new phobia. Raina recognized an old one that she doesn't feel anymore. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, there was another one that I didn't share that was always, I think we talked about it in season one was like the fear of shitting my pants. No, we did talk about it. We did? Yeah. That was related to singing, but I'm just like, just in in general. general. (laughs) (laughs) The first one, like always look for the bathroom. Where's the bathroom? I always thought I was going to shit my pants. Not related to any sort of singing. It was just... And a thing in case, yeah, anxiety. That's yeah. what I attribute it to. Anxiety in general. I can understand that. Since getting a period again, like mm. the week I, had, oh my god, you guys, we'll talk about this another time. But I got my IUD out. My my menstrual cycle's back, and you would literally think that I was a thirteen year old girl menstruating for the first time. With the number of hours Raina has had to listen to me talk about this now, <laughs> off mic. But I will say, during that week, I was constantly, I think I might poop my pants. Yeah. Yeah, so I get it. Why does, why? Oh, I looked does it this up. this happen to I us, up, you I guys? I can't remember now. It's horm- hormones. Like, I know, which is fucked up, because, like, I was talking to a coworker and she was four days late on our period, and she's like, I'm never late, and I'm, she's but I feel like I'm going to start, but I also feel like I might be pregnant. I was like, why does the universe do that to us? Either, those are the same fucking symptoms. Either you're pregnant, or you're going to about your... About to start your period. They're the same fucking symptoms. I know. Listen. It's so fucked up. Date a person with a vasectomy and you never have to. Or (sighs) date a person that has the same body parts as you and can't get you pregnant. Or a vasectomy person. Yeah. Then you never have to worry about it. But I still did. 
Yeah. So there might have been that little sperm that might have <laughs> yeah. been like, I'm going for it. <laughs> we would have just had to have that baby. What a nightmare. Anyway, so I'm also, I would, I'm a, yeah, it would be, a, that would be another phobia, the fear of motherhood. <sighs> but then our season took a turn into relationship territory mm-hmm. where we talked about our relationships and our kind of relationship histories and yeah. journeys. Yeah. Then we had Jonathan and, and I know. on yes. to mm-hmm. talk about polyamory, which I loved. Yes. And I feel like I want us to explore that topic more, honestly, Same. like from different angles because it feels so multifaceted to yeah. me. Yeah. I loved their story. I thought it was really interesting. And then it just made me want to know more. Yes. Same. I wanted to know more, have different perspectives or different experiences with polyamory, Mm -hmm. perhaps as women identifying or being a woman, because we're women and I can identify with that. I'm like, because I'm like, where's this jealousy rage thing? You know, what, where, why don't you guys have it? I used to be a really jealous person with Sergio. I don't know how I would feel anymore. And we've, we've double dabbled in the topic of opening up our relationship. I honestly don't know how I would respond. So for me, just because I am a woman, I would love like a woman's take on how to deal with it <laughs> totally totally and that also actually makes me feel like i'd love to do an episode on jealousy mm-hmm. just a me and you episode mm-hmm. because i feel like um well i'm glad that jonathan and Nato don't have experienced jealousy in their relationship mm-hmm. um but most of us do yeah and it's an emotion that is very shamed yeah it's also an emotion that's very natural. Yeah. And very consuming. And what <laughs> I think really matters, what do you do with it? Do you act out with it? Are you able to name it? Is it safe to seek reassurance in your relationship? Is it safe to ask for it? Like, I'm feeling, like, it's so vulnerable to be like, I'm feeling jealous. I'm feeling insecure. Yeah. And instead of being mad about it, being like, can you give me a little bit more nurturance? Yeah. Can you, like, take care of me a little bit? I, like... I own that this is a feeling I'm having. Can you take, can you hold me? Yeah. Because that's what we really want. You really want that. Jealousy is asking, am I safe? Yeah. You want that reassurance. Mm -hmm. And, but I've seen relationships like, yeah, take a hard turn because of the jealousy was so much. Yeah. That it drove away the other person. Sometimes it's founded. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's founded and it's also like. You don't have to blow things up over it. Like, it's yeah. just, is it, I would, let's put a post-it note on that. Because I think that would be a Stay tuned, y'all. One. Stay it's tuned. I'm really working on. But I used to really shame myself for being a quote-unquote jealous person. And I actually don't think I am, like, jealous. I think I'm somebody with, like, attachment wounds that can get triggered in a particular yeah. way. And my responsibility is to name that and ask for reassurance in a way that, like, is connecting versus, like, fighting with, the, like fighting yeah yeah i think there's always something underneath totally yeah. what drives that jealousy yeah and it usually yeah it is insecurities attachments there's something that you can work with yeah if you can recognize where it's coming oh, from that'll be fun that'll be a nice so episode. stay tuned for that in a few months y'all yes and then actually if you can believe it that takes us to our last two episodes which are not really thematically connected, but we spoke with Laura High and the third in an accidental series on (laughs) 
DNA surprises yeah, and donor conception. Mm-hmm. And then we spoke with Elena about living with bipolar disorder, and it was another mental health-focused episode. Yeah. Both they were both them. fun. Yes. Yeah. Again, we talk about these topics. They could be heavy, but they can also be talked about with grace and sensitivity and fun. This is life, y'all. Like, life is hard. It's, it's fucked up sometimes but we still need to talk about these things and there's a way to talk about it without like we're all fucking crying yeah (laughs) yeah I really enjoyed both of those and I feel like both were educational and upbeat and it was yeah Laura was like so passionate she's very funny too what's her job so yeah she's a stand-up comedian and you'll hear it like like that interview is so great just the way that she came across and her presence was just like could feel it. Yes. So it's just always fun to talk to some of you is on the microphone. On the mic. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And so she's very passionate, very knowledgeable in the field of donor, well, conce- donor conception yeah. and like advocacy around the fertility industry. Yeah. It certainly gave me a lot to think about. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine. Erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine. Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Just having that in my family. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated it because it gave me a lot of ways to think about how I can support... My little baby niece, as she gets... Well, obviously, her parents are already thinking about this a lot, but... Mm-hmm. But she's yeah. donor-conceived. Yeah, yeah. And just how to always make sure that she has the support she needs and wants as she explores who she is. Yeah. And knowing just, like, not who she is as no, the soul like spirit, but biologically <laughs> yeah. knowing exactly, because that's the yeah. thing with Laura. They didn't know... Yeah. They thought they were getting a different type of yeah. genetics, and they got a whole different... That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then Elena, beautiful Elena, was yeah. just a beautiful story of bipolar and her journey with it, which, like I will say, was like hit close to home for me because I have a friend that realized that she was bipolar later on in life, late 30s, and mm-hmm. unfortunately did not have the support that she needed. And and it didn't, she's still with us, thank God, but she's a quadriplegic now. Yeah, I was going to ask... If you would want to talk at all about not telling her story because it's hers, but just talk a little bit about how that impacted you. Because I don't think that people that listened to that episode could tell you were crying when we stopped recording. Oh, yeah. It was, Mm -hmm. it hit you really hard and it's okay if you're like, no, no, but I just, I wondered, yeah, I know what came up for you, but I wondered if you felt like safe enough to share what came up with you connected to that episode because it was a lot and your friend you're speaking of is someone you've known for 30 years almost yeah since point. high school yeah okay not 30 years <laughs> but yeah since I was 16 yeah, years old time. yeah since I was 16 years old 15 we met in drama class like we yeah. were she was one of my I would consider her one of my good friends and and I yeah from my point of view my perspective it was really hard to see her go through the the depression because she's always been she was always like crazy like fun crazy extroverted just sure. like 
living life literally on the edge. Sure. I think yeah. she has been always hypomanic now yeah. that I think back. Yeah. Because I'm like, how does this person do all these things sober? She's I don't a even... wild woman. And like yeah. a gri- but not, and, but in, a, not in a pejorative way. Like, yeah. you love that wild energy. And I love that about her. And I, I even think I've talked about her previously on this pod about her being very sexual but owning it. And, and I love that about her. And I still do because she still is that person. But then when I saw her go through depression, I was like, this is not her. What? This is, I've never known her to be depressed. To watch this and then also see her in her manic episode was intense too. And I just knew it wasn't her. I just knew. You just know people and you know their true essence. And that's why talking to Elena, I was like, I see you. I I see who you truly are. Yeah. And you're not defined by the ups and downs. As Elena was talking even and like sharing about like having a psychotic episode winding up inpatient were there even dots that you were connecting in that in the moment oh, hearing her yeah yeah, yeah. I she had my friend had psychotic she yeah events yes like yeah it was it was yeah there was definitely something that was going on with her and unfortunately she didn't have the support system that she needed. And I was in Oregon. She lived in California. What can I do? You well, know, I, okay. As a bystander, <laughs> you did a lot. You reached out to people that were I reached on the out ground. to her family and you, her did, p- you did the, you did the playbook of exactly what a person should do to help. But I was with her a lot yeah. through this mental health journey yeah. because she didn't have the people around her that she could talk to about these things. Because they all saw her as this other type of person. Yeah. Very fun, very just down to do fucking anything. Yeah. But then when she was depressed, like, she definitely isolated herself. And and we talked about it. And then and she reached out to me, and I was able to try to help her. And then, yeah, unfortunately, she did try to end her life, you know? And that didn't happen, but she ended her life in a different way. Sure. She has a whole new life now. Her whole family has a whole new life. She is, again, paralyzed from the neck down. It's it's just mind-blowing. And that's when I was, like, really wanting to get across when I kept saying that this is a dangerous diagnosis because this shit can happen if you don't get the support and the help that you need. And it's so misdiagnosed so often. Yeah. They misdiagnosed her. Sure. And they gave her the fucking wrong medication. Which probably triggered mania. If you get prescribed Zoloft, for example. Oh, okay. Disclaimer, just because licensed in this way, like this is not medical advice. I'm not qualified to advise you on medication. This is not a substitute for a conversation with your doctor. But Zoloft specifically, and then whatever its generic name is, which I can't remember right now, often, actually not even that often prescribed anymore for unipolar depression. But it absolutely can trigger mania and psychosis mm-hmm. in people who are bipolar. Um, it was Prozac. It, yeah. And I don't know Prozac if Prozac is, can do the same thing, but I, Prozac I and Zoloft are like from the same family. Yeah. yeah. And I also am like, we're very pro like medication yeah, on this show. Absolutely. But what I really want to get across to listeners is if you are prescribed an SSRI and it triggers in you... A manic episode or if it enhances your suicidal ideation please reach out to your doctor immediately to get off of it because yeah. it's really dangerous and the thing is if you go in and you're presenting with depressed affect most do- like most 
doctors are going to go with what they see. Ideally, hopefully we're getting better at assessing and asking, like taking more of a historical perspective. But a lot of people get misdiagnosed because they seek help when they're depressed. Yeah. Because when you're manic, it's fucking fun. Yeah. And so then you get prescribed, you get prescribed these SSRIs that are actually really dangerous. And so this is just a PSA to anybody that gets on one and starts to feel really hyped up and amped up in a way that is like interesting but uncomfortable if you start to have thoughts of self-harm if you start to have thoughts of suicide like you need to get that or grandiosity yeah like you need to get that taken care of immediately or if you're friends with somebody that like recently started taking one and you're seeing that Mm -hmm. it's okay to ask questions about i wonder if this is like a medication thing like please go talk to your doctor yeah yeah because i remember getting on zoloft it was the only time in my life that it was ever even remotely close to suicidal. And I wasn't, I started, that was like the first time I ever self-harmed. And it Mm -hmm. was because I did not have unipolar depression Mm -hmm. and it triggered something in me that was really dangerous. And then luckily I scared myself enough to be like, I'm just not going to take this medicine. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily you're like, we're in the mind space to even notice that. Yeah. Because some people, if they're like, for her, for instance, it exacerbated her manic episodes yeah. so all of a sudden she felt amazing and you just felt like god you just you know yeah. and there yeah. was nothing you could tell her that she wouldn't know something was going on with her you know yeah. what i mean like it's so that was very scary and and it's fucked up I, looking back i know it all could have been prevented and um but you know she's in a good place right now she's on the right medications and her outlook on life is she feels at peace Mm. And she feels calm and, and that makes me feel at peace. Like mentally she feels stable and she's glad she's here. And yeah, I think she would be a great motivational speaker when that time comes, but it just helps me to know that she is, that she's still here and that she is mentally in a better space. So yeah, that was like a, I bet y'all didn't know there was so much behind the episode. VH1 behind the music. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yes. how this feels. But that, so that's what's behind the episodes in the last season for us. These are the, these are all, honestly, the conversations we would have after we stopped hit recording. Record, stopped recording. <laughs> after we pressed stop. <laughs> these are the convos we would have. And we just yeah. wanted to bring you guys a little bit. I know you all listened to these episodes so you already know what the topic was, but we wanted to bring you a little bit of the behind the scenes conversations that happened afterwards. Yeah. I mean, there, all these episodes were very intentional and sparked up a lot of thought and yeah. feelings. And it is nice to be able to talk about, it. I know we do a little like intro yeah, prior to the episodes, the but this yeah. is different. This is the deep dive. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you for sticking it out and listening to today. So now I'm like season 10, episode season 10. 10. So all that brings us to today and way back in January, when we were planning the season, we wanted to do an episode called it's okay to be okay. And like we said at the beginning, our concept was kind of like, don't dim your light, don't make yourself small, don't be so over-identified with your trauma that you think you're not allowed to experience joy. And I think that we believe all those things. Mm -hmm. And though it feels interesting for me, 
is to be like talking around that theme at a moment where I'm okay, but am I okay? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like your basic needs as a human are met. I'm okay. (laughs) I'm like owning my okayness, but I'm also like. But there's still shit going on. And yeah, in a little bit more of a mental health struggle Mm -hmm. than per usual. Yeah. Um, So that's just where I'm located in this conversation. Mm -hmm. But I also, I do love talking about take up space. Don't dim your light. Yeah. Yeah. But light feels dim. So I don't know what I can contribute. Depends what color is your light. It doesn't necessarily have to be dim. It could just be a different color. I will say things have been a little rocky. Yeah, we've been on a rocky road. For me as well. Yeah. I try to get off my medication and that probably wasn't the best idea. I know it's not the best idea. I don't know why I fucking do this to myself every on and off. once a year. Once, I mean, one to two times it. a year. I'm not on anything right now and I'm like desperately trying to get on so I get it. Yeah. And I, like, so just even having that conversation with like my sisters about what that medication actually does for me because and why, and you too, having that conversation yeah. of why do you feel like you need to be off of it? And I'm yeah. like, because I'm still like fucking way back in season one, episode two, have a hard time like depending on something mm-hmm. to help me. I don't know. Like to be my fullest self. And I'm just like, but I don't think I am my fullest self unless I have something to calm down, like all the bullshit that has been conditioned and wired in my brain for 40 years. Yeah. But I don't like depending on it. Actually, I feel like that is like the smartest way to tie into the idea of it's okay to be okay. It is okay to actually have what you need and the accommodations and supports you need in your life to be okay, including a mood stabilizer. But you're so right. We grew up in a generation where that's not allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I think it's, and I do the dance too. I, I very, I have, I, the month of May is difficult for me. I don't think we have the time left in this episode to get into why, but it's tough. And I have been having horrible nightmares like really horrifying ranging from like really graphic things obviously related to like specific traumas to like just nightmares of my friends and loved ones dying Mm -hmm. like more run-of-the-mill anxiety dreams I really need meds for that and I also I probably do need to get back a little bit of a mood stabilizer Mm -hmm. and taken one since We left Portland. I told my therapist yesterday, I'm fucking sick of doing life in hard mode. I'm sick of doing life in hard mode. Yeah. I'm sick of it. And I think I want to do some differential diagnosis with a psychiatrist or a psychiatric nurse practitioner to like really figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I want to find a medication that's going to put it on medium. Mm -hmm. I don't need easy mode. I'm sick of hard. Yeah. Internally. Yeah. I don't mind ex- external adversity, okay, yeah. but I'm so sick of the internal, like, noise, and I think that there's, like, a part of me that takes pride in my ability to handle it, like, people can't see I'm doing scare quotes, and I don't want to. Yeah. I want to, like, actually be like, I'm okay, and that's good. Yeah. Instead of, like, just, yeah, always doing things in hard mode. Yeah, definitely, and 
I think what I'd listen to so much shit. And I always say that I listen to so much shit and they're like, you don't need medication. You can try to rewire your brain. You can do this. You can do that. And okay. Dangerous. I, think I dangerous. tried. Okay. Yeah. And what I have realized is I am my most truest authentic self when this fucking chemical I do take to calm down the rest of the chemicals in my fucking body, my anatomical, physiological body are calmed down. Like then my true essence of who I am spiritually can shine. Yes. Yes. Like I can control my body. Yes. <laughs> like I, we can try and yes, you can try to change your mind. The mind, yes, is a thing. But as far as chemical imbalance, it's a true thing because literally earlier this week, I didn't know if I wanted to be here anymore. You know what I mean? And that's a thing. And that's a bad thing, (laughs) you know? And I was like, what changed? Oh, I'm not taking meds. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, if that's going to save my life, then then I'm going to fucking take them. A million, million, million percent. And I remember us talking, we were talking about this. It was sometime in, it had to be sometime in 2021 because we had just recorded a podcast episode and you were in a dark place. Mm -hmm. And I was, I could tell obviously, and I was really worried about you. We didn't ask, we didn't, that was not the topic of the podcast. So we just did our like, oh yeah. And then I was like, then the microphones went off and I was like, hey bitch, what the fuck? Yeah. And you just started crying and you're telling me all these things. And then I was like, are you on your meds? You were like, no, I'm, I don't like the side effects. I feel like I should just be able to do this. Mm. And I was like, the side effect of not being on them is you want to die. Yeah. <laughs> then, Probably not. And then the next day you were like, I'm going to get back on. And I think I worry about like, I, so I am a big believer in change your thoughts, change your perspective, change yourself. Yeah, like same. I believe in all of that. But I worry about it in this way that, like, I feel like it can fall almost into, like, eugenics territory if you can't get there on your own. If if medication actually does really help you, then there's something bad about that. And it feels almost like the same kind of mindset of someone that maybe has, like, type 2 diabetes and needs, like, Ozempic or those weight loss medication to lose medication being told like you're just you're overweight because you're personally out of control yeah versus you're somebody that like needs a medication to manage something that's going on in your body yeah and I think there's it all it all fits into this like theme for me of people that would seek to make us feel like there's an ideal way that we're supposed to be and if we can't operate in that ideal Something's wrong with us. Mm-hmm. We're not spiritually evolved enough. It right. feels really dangerous to me. It does. And you know what? As I'm like thinking about all the people that I listen to, guess what? They're all fucking white, white. people. <laughs> it's white supremacy. Well, no. Of course it's fucking easy for you to fucking yeah. like just do this and that. Like you aren't faced with the other adversities in life that... The, People of color, women, and there are white women too that, that preach this shit too. And there is something beautiful in it, but there is something beautiful in it. And I take, but it's again, taking bits and pieces, not taking it all that it fits into your life. No, just take what you, what makes sense to you. 
but none of them talk about medication. And I'm like, I'm sure you're on fucking something. In fact, they talk about it as something that like is a sign of personal failure or spiritual failure. And it's no, that's where some of this stuff gets, gets dangerous. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty spiritual person. Mm -hmm. I believe in a lot of the concepts behind these ideas. I believe in a lot of the ideas that are stolen from Eastern religions. (laughs) And commodified to fit with white capitalism, but I just worry about a message of don't take your meds. Like, you can reprogram your brain on your own. I can't. And they like, say, I know I can't. I know. They say all this shit, yeah. but I'm like, how? But how? Especially when you're in that space yeah. of not even wanting to be here or not, like, wanting to do fucking anything, have any energy to do anything. How do you do that? And it's... They want to say that it's so easy, but it's not. It's not. And I am a big advocate, too, of rewiring and reconditioning and unwiring, unlearning. But it's a process, and it takes a long time to unlearn things that you've fucking been conditioned with your whole life, especially as a child when those are their first impressions of fucking what it's like to be in this world. Yeah. It's hard. And I think just... What's helped me is like the more that I'm able to talk about it and know and name it and know that it exists and allowing it to exist as opposed to resisting it. Yeah. Allowing positive and negative emotions to exist. I was listening to somebody, fucking I know, another white man. But what he made sense to me when he was like, if Albert Einstein could create fucking light or put positive and negative photons or whatever together basically positive negative energy to make light why can't can we as humans put positive and negative emotions and turn it into enlightenment totally which i was like yes because you're allowing both to exist at the same time because you're not fighting one or the other yeah and I'm like, that to me brings me peace. And see, these are the little tidbits that I take. It's how they get you. I know. <laughs> it's, how they, it's how they hurt people. Yeah. But I totally agree with that. And I would want somebody to hear that. I take a lot of solace in light and dark balancing each other out. Mm-hmm. And I still probably need to find the right medication. Yeah. So that I can form a coherent thought so that I can perform a work duty. I'm not at a point of, Oh, I don't want to exist. And we just talked about like how badly I want to exist for as long as possible. Yeah. But my executive functioning skills have never been worse, almost never been worse than they are right now. Like I, I for sure need some support medicationally. (laughs) It's not going to come from like behavior change or rewiring my thoughts. Like I'm a person that like, survives on really well-maintained systems and, like, clear behavior paths, routines. Yeah. And sometimes what happens, which is what's happening right now, is, like, the system override doesn't work anymore. And so, like, the executive functioning, like, the the anxiety gets so high, the executive functioning difficulties get so extreme, Mm -hmm. like, I can't implement the behavior change routine that like mm-hmm. all these like gurus would say is all you need. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, there is actually like something like functionally, like biologically functionally yeah. happening in my body that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And I, what I think I 
like continue to come to terms with every time I like pass through this cycle. And I think it's the same for you Mm -hmm. is that's okay. Yeah. Like it's okay to be like all my work, all my self-improvement, all my therapy, all my, this, all my, that has carried me to a certain point. And there is also like a, a functional need for medicine that's happening here. Yeah. That needs to also be like, part of the plan babe yeah get it in there and i think it's okay yes western philosophy is medicine in that way pills yeah. but yeah we live in western society also, so like, it's an adjunct it's a tool well, but i'm just saying okay i get it like other countries in eastern philosophy like yeah. i get it but we didn't grow up like that okay i didn't, I didn't grow up building around me yeah me um, i'm sorry yeah but I'm not sorry. Like, I still plan to live in this society. So if we're going to figure out ways to fucking live in this society, then yes, taking a fucking pill if I have to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just hate the idea of people say, well, they don't do it over there. They don't have the same... They also don't go to work or... Culture. Like, also, who's they? Because, like, most culture... Like, the only people I've ever seen displayed in media that have achieved, like, true nirvana and peace are, like, Buddhist monks who have given have renounced all worldly possessions yeah and moved to monasteries and are working a very hard path toward enlightenment but they don't have to pay rent yeah that they don't have to take care of their elderly father yeah in the same so it's not society yeah but the same culture yes as we do yeah so it's yeah everybody keeps saying this but we also this is where we live and this is where i want to thrive yeah and in order to do that like yeah there's been like yeah some fucked up shit like it's a fucked up society we all know the world is fucked up (laughs) So stop telling us what to do. We're going to do what we need to do to be okay. Yes. And we are, like, mostly okay. But a little bit not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. We'll get okay. We'll get back. We always get back. We always find our way back. That's... Yeah. I gotta get through May, June, July. That's why we won't be back till August. Yeah. But... Yes. And you'll hear us talk about our journey through... Yeah. And that'll be in August. And we have, even in between, actually, Megan, even in between now and then, what are we going to be doing for the folks? We will be doing bonus content on the Solid Listen Patreon. Mm. So as part of our work with the Solid Listen Network, we have a Patreon, or the network has a Patreon that we're a part of. So you can go to patreon.com slash solid listen. You can choose your membership level. It's really cheap, y'all. It's $1, $5, or $10 a oh. month. At the $1 level, what you're really just doing is like helping the network exist. At the $5 level, you get access to behind the scenes bonus content from all of the shows including ours at the $10 a month level you get early access to another one of the shows that's one of their more like bigger popular ones on the network so if you are a supporter of ours Mm -hmm. and you want to keep in touch with us over the summer you can find us patreon.com slash solid listen five dollars a month join you'll get access to our bonus content 
as well as bonus episodes from almost all of the other shows on the network. And it's a great you, deal. Yeah. And you also get to be just like kind of part of the community of mm-hmm. other folks that listen to the different pods. And I've barely scratched the surface on exploring it, but the people that I've had the chance to like comment to and interact with a little bit are really like sweet and nice. So it's a place to be in community and you'll get to hear us chit chatting. What are we going to be chit chatting well, over the next few months? Couple different things. First of all, we have a phone number. Legitimately what we're the most excited about. So our idea is we created this hotline. I'll tell you the number in a second for anybody to call anonymously and get something off their chest. Now I do need to say we do not protect abusers. We will, if you call and get off your chest, a horrific crime, you will report it. Yeah. (laughs) We're both mandatory reporters. Yeah. So don't call and confess abusive crimes to this hotline, but I don't think that's who our listeners are. Mm -hmm. And so we have a secret hotline for you to call and tell your secrets, get things off your chest. The number is 909-859-0559. And you can call, leave a message. We will be taking those messages and responding to them on bonus episodes, just giving our takes. You can call and ask a question that you need advice on. You can call and just blurt out a secret and then we'll respond to it, but we will Mm -hmm. protect your identity and nobody will ever know that it's you. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about it too. It's like old school. Like always wanted to be an advice columnist, (laughs) like always. And so I think we would give great advice. So So that's one thing we're going to do. And then we're also going to just dive into what every podcast really is doing at this point, which is mining content from Reddit. (laughs) But I actually think that our take is going to be funny. Yeah. And it's us and it's what you know from us. So we'll be looking at Am I the Asshole? We'll be looking at a lot of the forums on about narcissistic family members. Raina doesn't really know how to use Reddit, so I think what it's going to be is me finding things that I have an emotional reaction to and reading them to you for you to give an emotional reaction. I would love it. I have things to say. I have things to say. I think you you told me something about dead in the bedroom or something, Mm -hmm. and it's not like dead people in a bedroom. That's what I initially thought, but I'm not on Reddit, but yeah, people are not having sex in the bedroom. So to round this episode out, I actually wanted to give you a taste of your first Am I the Asshole? Oh my gosh. I picked this one especially for you. Okay. Let's get into it. So the headline is, Am I the Asshole for Prioritizing My Dog Over Someone's Baby? (laughs) (laughs) But why would you pick this for me? If any of y'all know me, I have my Leo. He's the king of my life. Exactly. And I was like, as I I read this, and I'm like, I like specific dogs. I like Leo. There's other dogs I like, but I'm not oh, like. this is good. I'm not holistically a dog person. I'm not going to automatically be on the dog's side, but I 
my reaction to this surprised me a little bit. Yeah. So, am I the asshole for prioritizing my dog over someone else's baby? I, 43 male, the person writing this is a 43-year-old man, uh-huh. was at the park with my 10-pound dog on a sunny but not hot day, 77 degrees this day. An unfortunate feature of this park is that it offers only one shaded area that's 10 feet by 10 feet thanks to a lone tree. So it's a really, it was 77 degrees. There's not a lot of, there's one tree. Okay. No surprise. When we arrived at the park, someone was in the shaded area already. I have a small outdoor crate that I used to try to offer some protection from the sun, I'm assuming. So rather than crowd the people there too much, I set up my stuff a few feet away, put the crate with the dog away from me, closer to the people that were there. I didn't want to encroach on their space, but in turn wanted to be clear that I was waiting to let my dog use the shade. As a small northern breed from Alaska, heat is something that I pay attention to. This dog is an Alaskan Klikai. I, don't I have know. no it's idea. It's only 10 pounds, though. It must be Literally no idea. <laughs> no idea. Okay. So, All right. Doesn't like the sun. Doesn't yeah. like so the So this heat. guy takes yeah. his dog to the park. It is a hot Leo day. Hates it. Yeah. yeah. And there's not a lot of shade, so he keeps the dog in the crate. And almost, I'm mentioning him, like, putting his dog in line for the shade. Like, he's not saying anything, so I'm also picturing him, like, buzzing around passive-aggressively. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <sighs> would be nice to have some shade but that's not what he said i'm just editorializing 45 minutes later the people there get ready to leave i take out my earbuds and start getting ready to move the dog crate over as the people are about to leave a woman walks over with her baby and stands right next to them so this man has been in line with his little dog and his little crate for 45 minutes oh my god and now this lady is walking over with a baby standing next to them I look at her a bit incredulously, but she's ignoring me. At this point, it becomes clear to me what she's trying to do. Once the people leave, I move the crate over anyway, even though she's standing there. At that point, she finally acknowledges us, but all she says is, really? With an annoyed tone. I explain to her I've been waiting a long time. She cuts me off and says, but I have a baby. I responded, offering to share, but she wasn't interested. At this point, she waves her partner over, as if to say, come quickly. Her plan seems to involve me not being there at all. He comes over. They talk between themselves as if I don't exist. He turns around and gives me a look as if to say, you're an asshole. And then they both walk away. All in all, nothing serious happened, but it did make me wonder if I'm an asshole. No. I don't think so either, but I just thought it was a fun to pick a dog one yeah. for you. Okay, so what made you, you got to your verdict really fast. Immediately, when it's ever, versus, anything versus dog. <laughs> why does, it, why is that more important or take priority over, like, somebody's loved one? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's, obviously, like, our dogs are our babies. Yeah. So, I don't know why anybody feels like they would take priority over... I just don't, it just irks me. Totally. Here's what makes me think not the asshole. He was waiting in line. And I'm sorry, it is the white lady in me. But somebody taken fucking, you want to have me be almost like 
a viral Karen cut me in line. Cut me I in almost, line, bitch. Dude, I almost got in a fucking fight at Universal I know. recently because I called somebody out for cutting. I know. <laughs> so, like, this man, okay, did he need to... I don't know so much that his dog needed to be at the park because... His dog spent 45 minutes in his kennel. (laughs) I know. What are you, a little bit, what are you doing, bro? But he waited peacefully in line for 45 minutes for access to the shade. And then this lady shows up with her baby and tries to cut in line. And also, like, your baby doesn't need, if if it's too hot for your baby to be there, then take them home. Yeah. My not the asshole feeling is that I don't like somebody to cut in line. Yeah. And it bothers me when people use their kids as the reason why they like <sighs> urgently need access. That's to what something. they did at Universal. When I'm like, <sighs> just, we're all here having the same experience. Like, you're, you actually don't, it's not life or death for your kid to be here. Yeah. 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 I just feel like they were the assholes. Yes. I just don't understand. Because I can see me and Leo, because mm-hmm. Leo also is sensitive <laughs> to the sun yes. and any sort of weather change. But, and like us wanting to be in the shade together. Yes. And like, you can like coexist. If this guy, I also think another reason I'm like not the asshole is he was, well, we can share. And the dog is only 10 pounds. I feel like yeah. that's. And Leo is 70 pounds. And even oh still, God. I would yeah. feel like, no, yes. honey, we're staying here. Because my dog it will get sunburnt. Yes. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm glad you picked that one because I will always choose my dog. I had to pick <laughs> Who first. is my baby and who I'm loyal to over everything. I, it's so funny because my sister stayed with us. Her and her family stayed with us. And she has my niece and nephew, eight and five. And yet she is was grossed out about Leo being on the couch or being on the bed or whatever. And I'm like, but your kids are wiping boogers and picking their butts. And yeah. that's just where, but it's just like what people are used to. You yeah. know what well, I mean? Well, it's your own home. I think that's a thing too. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just like saying, I get offended when people get grossed out by my dog. Sure. <laughs> because that's just, that's just how I am. <laughs> I take everything personal, but it's just kind of like, he I don't know. I don't know. So, like, I get it. I get it. I don't know why they take lower priority than other mammals. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. No mammals here. <laughs> I knew that would be your take. And also, it's, like, just pretty cut and dry. Like, for me, because I'm not even a dog sympathizer, but I am a do not fucking cut me in line. Yeah. Ass bitch. Yeah. Like, don't like, cut. No cut. Like respect to things. If it's too hot. Take your baby home. I do wonder about this guy, like why he needed to wait in line for forty five minutes for well, the spot that's under just the tree. His own personality. But he's just a weirdo, probably. But that's he did wait his turn, and he didn't do anything wrong, and he's not the asshole. Yeah, and then if that, if you bring a fucking umbrella, okay, yeah, not too. don't count on like the Mother one nature. tree in the park. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. if you have a kid, bring yeah. an umbrella. I, why are you putting your kid out there anyway? No, just kidding. Don't get me started. But this is what you might hear on the Patreon yes, if you exactly. guys subscribe. So this is it. Over the next few months of us hearing stories, just riffing off of them, hearing our take on things, talking about things. Yeah. 
Yeah. So solid or patreon.com slash solid listen. That is just one take. Oh, Raina, I have literally 50 posts saved to oh read gosh. to you and get your take. It's going to be so good. And then the, be fun. the final thing I'll say is over the next four weeks, four, eight weeks from this episode airing, we're going to be reissuing our personal favorite episodes from the first four seasons of the show. I'm picking four. Raina's picking four. Mm -hmm. For the episodes we pick, we'll individually be recording quick little intros about why this episode was important to us. Old listeners, it's a chance to reconnect with like why you like the podcast to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then folks that are newly finding us, it's a chance to have a guided dip into our archives. Mm -hmm. And we're having a lot of fun thinking about what to mm-hmm. put forward to you. There's some good stuff back there. There really so, is. So, you know, that will be after this episode, the next four weeks, and then we'll be back in August with fresh content and new hot takes. Ah, a whole <laughs> new theme. Yeah. TBD. TBD. We have, you guys, like we said, we've already started recording, so things yeah. are already in the works. We will be back. We're excited about this next season and what we're going to bring to you because, yeah, we are evolving, y'all. So yes. join the ride with us. Take Thanks. the ride. But in the meantime, you guys can find us on our socials at on Instagram at sh- underscore don't talk about it, or you can email us at info at shdonttalk.com. Yes. Or... If you want to hear us talk about your story on the Patreon, definitely email us. Or call us. Or call us. Once again, at 909-859-0559. Yes. (laughs) Because we will be talking about it. We will be just sharing it. Because this is what we're doing here, y'all. We are fucking talking about everything. Everything. Like, taking it out from underneath the fucking earth and, like shedding light on it that's what we're doing here couldn't say it better myself we'll see you we'll see y'all on patreon and we'll see y'all in august hey thank you Bye. bye